What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. I got to tell you, every time we do this this chair shot open, I always think it's going to fade out about three bars before it before it actually fades out. It, it like, is it is a nice baseline though. I'll, I'll give them credit. It for is that. that's a, that is a smooth baseline, and, but at like I'm sitting there mentally and I'm like, so. Uh, so I, I do everything I can to keep myself in check. It's like the early today. days of bandwagon nerds where the song just cut off oh, abruptly. <laughs> right, right, right. We we've come a long way, Dave. Hello, Virginia slims of podcasting. Yeah, right. We are getting there. Hello, chair shot nation. Welcome into the Sunday edition of chair shot radio. Of course you are listening to Patrick O'Dowd and David Ongar of the aforementioned bandwagon nerds. Hope you're having a great Sunday so far. And just before we started recording, Dave and I reached a decision, uh, a mutually agreed upon decision for the direction of our chair shot radio in, in that we have decided that hockey is going to be our thing for for the for the season we're gonna at least give our hot takes on the week to week that was the nhl season and boy dave i gotta tell you i i i'm glad you're riding high because my blues we went from the highest of highs to curled up in a corner dwelling in darkness after the second game against the Colorado Avalanche, where let's be honest, the Colorado Avalanche looked like Stanley Cup favorites. And not just Stanley Cup favorites, like dominant Stanley Cup favorites. So for those of you who don't know, on Friday, the St. Louis Blues lost to the Colorado Avalanche eight to nothing in a hockey game. Eight 
zero. This is after just two days prior on Wednesday, the 13th, the Blues won four to one. And I was like, okay, okay, we're feeling all right. But man, I tell you, your Stanley Cup favorite showed out in a pretty big way, man. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, it's funny that I started reading all the predictions last week and a lot of people are really p- predicting Colorado to win, but I did see a few Toronto Maple Leafs predictions along the way. Uh, there's, uh, they are sentimental favorites. That's for sure. A lot of people are, uh, jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah. I, I mean, what a strange two games for the St. Louis blues and for the avalanche as well to, uh, they didn't really show up that well in the first game, but yeah, I mean, last night was just a a, a blitzkrieg of stuff going on. So, I, yeah, still, I mean, one and one. That's you know, when you're looking at how the schedule plays out, where everybody's doing, you know, you're playing these two game sets. They're like almost mini series against everybody. It's almost like baseball, which I know we're going to talk about as well. But um, yeah, right. I, I mean, from the cap standpoint, two and zero, oh, two road wins. Both games were really, really different from each other, and they played back to back nights. So, um, right. And, you know, the first game was just all offense, you know, and, and, and what's amazing to me, they're 2 0. Ovechkin hasn't scored a goal yet. Everybody else is scoring. Uh, and then they, so they got the six to four win the first game. And then last night was like all defense. It's like they really just hunkered down. And, and Vitek Vanacek, the, uh, the, the rookie goalie, you know, they got the two, they got the young, they're, it's, the caps are so funny to me, Pat, because it's like, they're the oldest team in the league, but in goal, they're right. the youngest team in the league. So it's really there weird, but those two goalies look like they may be okay. I watched Chara play, uh, Zidano can still bring it. He got, took a sh- crappy bullshit penalty last night, but, um, yeah, the caps are off and running. We'll see. They play Pittsburgh. Who's in trouble already after dropping two to Philadelphia, right? Um, well, and, and let's be let's be real here. There's been four games played, or two games played, everybody. Uh, so some of this we are we are pro- prone to a little hyperbole, but you can already see some trends uh, out of some teams. You know, you know who else looks really good? Tampa Bay. Oh God, yeah. looked really good. Now, granted, they played they played the Blackhawks, and the Blackhawks just aren't there yet. They're they're just not, and so they. You know, you get the benefit of, of playing that or, you know, getting those two games early and, and starting off hot. But we talked about this when we did our preview. Hyperbole isn't really too far stretched when you're looking at a limited season the way that we are. Like two games is a two games is kind of a big deal. They're only playing just under 60 of them. So you can't fall too far behind to, I mean, exactly. a three or four game losing streak is is cataclysmic almost in a condensed season like this. <laughs> And um, yeah, I, and it's just funny because if you look at the standings, most teams are one and one. Yeah, right. Like played two games, they split. New Jersey. There's a couple of teams that have only played one game so far. Like New Jersey and the Rangers have only played one. Over in Canada, Calgary and Montreal, uh, and Winnipeg and Ottawa have only played one so far. So there's really not a lot you can say. Toronto, one and one. You know they like everyone else. Like just. A little early, people still finding their legs and gonna get there, but you just you got you gotta pay attention to your start. Starts matter, and felt so good about the Blues, and then Colorado <laughs> sort of went, yeah, and, and was like, nope. and we're still waiting to see, you know, what we get out of Dallas or Florida because they haven't played yet because Dallas had the COVID outbreak. Right. 
So, you know, and, and they're, you're talking the Stanley Cup runner-ups last year, so that's going to impact that division. Uh, yeah, I mean, two games, like you're saying, it's it's hard to really find a whole lot. I think, you know, from my standpoint, I'm going to know a lot more because the Caps now play the Penguins two in a row, and that is the rival. So, and, and, and Pittsburgh didn't look terrible, but Philadelphia looks really good as well. Uh, the Islanders look really good in the East. Boston looks pretty decent. Um, Buffalo looks... Yeah, I mean- I mean, I watched I watched a little bit of Boston because I I'm stuck. Like I hate this is the only this, just like baseball. I hate regionalized sports networks that like I have to have Fox Sports Midwest to watch my teams, and I'm not going to pay for that. Boston looked okay in their in their victory. Uh, they didn't. I mean, obviously, you don't ever look good in a loss, but they uh, I don't know that they were particularly impressive in their win. Like I mean, they won. Yeah, I mean they they look okay. I I mean I watched you know most of the games against Buffalo with the Caps, and I think the the Sabers probably aren't there yet. Um, but they they made a good showing against a a team that's probably a lot better than them. So I think Buffalo will make a little bit of noise this year. Uh, I don't know about Jersey. You know I look at those teams: yep. Jersey Rangers, Buffalo in the, in that Eastern Division, the Mass Mutual Eastern Division as they're calling it. Uh, yeah, I mean so far it, it is. It's kind of like, yeah, the teams are who we thought they'd be. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's got, if they drop the game to the Caps tomorrow, yeah, they got some serious issues starting off 0-3. So we'll see what happens. Right. Um, you know, out out west, the, uh, what was it? I think I think the Knights look pretty sharp. Um, I'm yeah. not sure who else out there. I hate, I hate Vegas so much. They're so good. <laughs> uh, and I just, I just feel like they shouldn't be. I mean, they've only played one game so far. And, uh, and that's kind of weird. Kind of like the same, same thing. Like you look at who's up front right now, it's Vegas, Minnesota, and San Jose. And they're all teams that are one and oh, so, and they've beaten, um, Arizona and Los Angeles and Anaheim. And even with those like Arizona and Los Angeles got a point because they went to overtime. So Colorado and St. Louis beat up on each other. (laughs) Um, Right. I think next week's conversation after we've had another week of things, you'll start to see some separation. I think at least within some of the divisions, I don't know how many of them will be divided. And hopefully I, my, uh, my Toronto pick is a little bit stronger. And I I'll tell you what, Colorado, I know it's overstating an eight an eight goal game, but that's a hell of a, like, that's impressive. Like, that's a, that is just, it, it sits there and I'm like, well, I guess we know what's going to happen all season in the postseason. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how that felt. So, just looking at the standings, yeah, I mean, the every team in the Canada division, excuse me, the Scotia North division, uh, Scotia North has yep. a point. They all have a point. So, mm-hmm. you could tell how competitive, I mean, and, and that's not surprising even early on to see. Yeah, the Canadian division is going to be tough. <laughs> they're 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 going to go at each other, and then just scrolling and think, well, um, yeah. I mean, you got to look at you know the that division with Colorado, with St. Louis, with Vegas, with all those great teams out there. That's going to be that's going to be a, a fight to the end. I, I mean, like you're saying, Tampa looks great. Carolina looks like they're going to be competitive. Nashville, um, and we got to see what happens with Dallas and Florida. So I thought I and I heard. I think I read somewhere that the TV ratings for the NHL were really strong for this. These yeah, first I, few I games. think 
I think this is going to be a good year for sports, and we're, we're going to talk about that in the next segment, which, by the way, we didn't tell everybody what's going on today. So you're listening to ChairShot Radio on the ChairShot Radio Network as part of the ChairShot.com. Always use your head. This week, uh, this Sunday, we've got Dave and I to kick it off, and then Robinette is going to kick off um, and do the second half of the show. So it's, it's a two-parter, a little bit of a longer podcast this week for the ChairShot Radio uh, for Sunday. And Dave and I, we're going to talk. We, we just talked about our NHL thing. The next thing we're going to do, we're going to segue over into MLB. And then I'm going to drop a couple of things on Dave. I warned him about one. I haven't warned him about the other. But I got some ideas. I've been thinking about just things to cover every week with Dave or, or some fun things to do. And I don't know, one of these is a segment idea that uh, I think could be fun. And, and, I, and I'm wondering if Dave, I'm hoping to put Dave on the spot on the air to at least maybe give it a try and see what we could do. But before we get to all of that, we'll call that a tease. We'll save that for the end of the, end of the Sunday chair shot radio segment for us. Major League Baseball made a pretty big announcement. Dave, you actually were the one who brought this up to me, so I'm not going to steal your thunder. I'm going to let you talk the headline, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, they just they came out and they said uh, 162 game season this year that uh, they're looking to start on time. They're telling players anticipate spring training to start on time, which would be the end of what next month. Um, that they would go yep. back to spring training, 162 game season. They're hoping to have some fans back. Uh, in some limited capacity, it sounds like. Um, I mean, that's going to be regional and, and however people do it. But yeah, I mean, for you kind of knew this was coming because the players took it in the shorts last year with that 60-game right. season. And there was no way the MLBPA was going to do that a second year in a row. And I know they were really pushing for a full season to recoup that stuff. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's interesting to me just because like, I've listened to like Gary Bettman from the NHL talk about how much the leagues are losing by playing that they would actually save money by not playing, but that they all are committed to giving the fans this sport that we all love, this release that we all need. And, you know, you got to figure 162 games, you know, you know, I mean, I don't know by the time they get going, it'll be April maybe you'll start seeing the vaccine more prevalent out there and, and numbers, start maybe, to yeah. dro- maybe numbers start to drop and you can get back. You know, I mean, to me, Pat, it's like, I watched the stuff, the football games and, you know, 6,000 people in Buffalo last weekend who sounded in some places like they were 70,000. Uh, you know, it's, it's important. And I think a lot of us have, uh, you know, as time has gone on, have we've underestimated just how important even 10% of the capacity of having people there cheering you and, and getting some sort of feedback from the crowd. You know, we're wrestling fans, so we've we've noticed it in WWE and AW to a lesser extent because they let people in. But uh, I think getting fans back in some capacity and, and running through an entire season and, and, you know, let's see what happens. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on in baseball in the offseason. I think what the Yankees re-signed LeMahieu just a couple weeks, a couple days ago. Yep. So they're set. Uh, you know, my nationals have done some things. Your Cardinals have done some things. Uh, the Mets obviously did a big thing a week and a half ago. So I'm, I'm ready. It's like, yeah, I, I want to see, you know, I want to see a full season. Cause I felt, you know, and I mean, that's just me. I'm not taking anything away from the Dodgers. Cause I live out here in California and I'm surrounded by Dodger fans, but still, as a you know, when the Nationals were the champions in 2019, I don't feel like we got a real fair shot at defending that title because pretty much in the same exact position that they were in a year before. So, 
unlikely they could have run the table again like they did, but you never know. And so I'm I'm excited. Yeah, let's get the full season. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it all plays out. Let's see if the Dodgers are as good as we think they are and all these other teams and the Braves and the Mets. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Let's have a full season. Let's get some fans back. Let's see if maybe we can start to revert to whatever the new normal is going to be a little bit at a time. Right. You got to You got to think that the ratings for baseball will be just as strong, if not stronger than they've ever been too, because people miss this stuff. Like, I think that's part of why the NHL start is starting off strong. I'm not sure what the NFL and the NBA have been doing. I haven't really, I, I don't follow the NBA very closely at all. Uh, and I follow the NFL until, you know, I follow the NFL just so I can bitch about the bears. Let's be real. Like that's why I follow the NFL. Um, but you, you know that there's some revenue that the owners want and the players want to get paid. I think, you know, and we can maybe do an MLB preview too, just like we did with the NHL. It's going to be interesting because the central division, at least in the national league is trash. Like they're just, nobody's making any significant moves and they're not very good. The big moves are our players leaving like the Cubs are, you know, set a little bit of their, their team on fire and the Cardinals just, you know, the Cardinals sent out this like tweet to the, uh, yesterday, Friday, that was, uh, Hey, we re-signed Harrison Bader so that that 205 batting average cannot go to arbitration. And I just, I'm like, I don't know that you needed to pay Harrison Bader $2 million to play baseball for a year because you can't hit like at all. Yeah, I mean, your but division it, is weird because you got the cards, you got the Cubs, the Pirates are garbage. Uh, the Reds, right. the Reds might be surprisingly good, uh, maybe. Um, who else is in that division? Uh, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Reds, the Cubs. Yeah, the Brewers. The Brewers are, you know, they're the Brewers. Sorry, PC Tunney, if you're listening to this uh, for ragging the on Bre- your team. <laughs> the Brewers window. The Brewers had this window that where they went for it, like they went big for it and had a, you know, had a couple of good years, and then they just never quite got over the hump with it. Like they made the playoffs, and after that, like that playoff run. It you just kind of let it go, yeah. Juan, so, that Juan just, Soto hit in the wild card game for Washington, right? Just kind of killed it. That was the end of Milwaukee, right there. Sorry again, PC, for right. dragging up bad memories. No, we're all friends here. He'll he'll still help us with the recording when we mess it up later. It'll be fine. I'm calling him during the Packers game. That's all I know. That's fair. That's fair. So the 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 other thing that I wanted to talk about as a possible segment. And I wanted to get your thoughts on, I'm going to take a sip of water here. So I don't cough into the microphone. Okay. That's better. Only do scotch on Sundays. Is that? That's true. Okay. So you know how much I like to rag on my baseball team or on my, uh, my sports teams, right? Like I I'm like the most like unhappy fan ever. Like before we started recording this podcast, I had to bitch to Dave about how my college basketball team isn't very good. Uh, and, and how angry that made me. But it got me to thinking about a fun segment that I would love to try to do with you, Dave, called Your Sports Team Sucks, where every show, we, we and we just start with one of the professional leagues, and we dissect a team a week as to why that team sucks. And the real challenge will be like the Dodgers or, you know, in football, the Chiefs. But I think it'd be fun to try It'd be fun to dissect a little bit. I think it'd be a, a different way to talk about sports teams than what you hear from a lot of folks. What do you think, man? You want to give it a go? 
Uh, you want to start now? I mean, I got something right at the one of my teams I can just go off on. Nah, let's let's not rag on one of our own today. Let's not rag on anybody today, because um, I, I wanna I want us to plan it a little bit. I want us to be able to like take the team and like break it down because I know that there's gonna be teams we don't know very well, and, and being able to go after that. I do think we can start with low hanging fruit on our own teams. Like we just gotta what what. What sports league should we pick first? Uh, I mean, the NFL is easy because there is a, a plethora of teams to just rip a new one on. I, I mean, you know, give me the Cowboys. I, you know, I'm going to love to rip me some cowboy ass. So. <laughs> that that sounds like next week's chair shot radio special segment. Your team sucks. Dallas Cowboy edition from Patrick and Dave. Hope you all tune in to listen to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be an hour long conversation. Nah, chair shot radio is supposed to be quick hits, man. You know that we're already 20 minutes in. Like I'm just saying it could be an hour. long. It could be. Yeah. You could talk why that you could talk forever on why the Dallas Cowboys are the worst franchise on the planet, but we're not going to do that today. The last thing I wanted to talk about today is uh, I wanted to shift gears and again, I asked Dave, added, and by the way, Dave does have input on what we talk about. I know I keep saying, like, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. Dave, Dave just confirm from everybody I'm not picking on you, like, no. that you, you are. You, you are. Is is a two-way street here? No, this is not. I mean, contrasting this to bandwagon nerds where we actually have, you know, a certain agenda that we're trying to follow, basically going behind the curtain, it's like Patrick and I are like, like, thursday or friday what do you want to talk about this week and that's that's the <laughs> amount of planning that goes into this well let's do i mean the nhl thing i think that's good because we're in the heart of the season and we started off right. doing that and and that's that's something that like you and i talked behind the scenes that and the nhl just does not get enough love and and they need so they should have something dedicated to them on the chair shot i don't think we want to go crazy and start covering mls or anything like that because oh god i i know no <laughs> I like I like the TV show Ted Lasso. That's as far as I'm going with the football, so to speak. I here's what I love about this, and, and why I'm, I'm loving doing the sports talk. And we're gonna get a little political on everybody here to to wrap up our segment. I just I love the bandwagon nerd show. I love what we talk about on the bandwagon nerd show, and it's two hours of just that pop culture nerd stuff. Like we're gonna spend a lot of time tomorrow, slash, you know, when you all hear it on Monday talking one division because the show dropped this past friday on disney plus i know pc tunny's already watched it i think ray cash has already watched it dave and i are the two bringing up the rear on, on viewing it that's really when i get a, an opportunity to kind of cover all this stuff and just go through it all it's so much fun and this is just a unique opportunity for dave and i to talk about other stuff we have in common and I love dragging Dave into my political questions because he's a lawyer and can tell me whether or not I'm I'm crazy. And we, we're like-minded, but we're not like-minded on everything. And so there's some fun discourse that, that I know that we can have. And, and that's why, why we do it, why I've kind of suggested for my end things that we just don't talk about on the bandwagon because we can talk about it on the bandwagon. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, whatever you all, you, whatever you want to lay on me, buddy, go for it. I, I will let you know how so, crazy you are. So Joe Biden, there you go. That's where we're going, folks. We're going to talk a little politics. So Joe Biden this week laid out a, a budget proposal to do a couple of big things. One, 
another round of stimulus money that would uh, give out fourteen hundred dollars to to most citizens done as a supplement to the six hundred dollars so that that two thousand dollar mark that everybody's been talking about as being like the livable stimulus money going out so that's that's one thing that's that that's floating around there but that's not really what i wanted to talk about because one of the other things that showed up in his budget was the um who's it what's it um fifteen dollar a week minimum wage and people are going crazy over it and i'm not quite sure why because 15 the minimum wage when it was when it was first brought forward as an idea was that it's a dollar amount and you're paid for the work that you do in order to be able to live within a reasonable means on your own. And we are way behind cost of living when it comes to minimum wage. And it's fascinating to me to hear people's concept of what minimum wage should be because, and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong or if you've heard differently, minimum wage to a lot of folks seems to be people like teenagers working at McDonald's, making a little extra money to carry around in their pocket. What I think people fail to realize and what they probably don't know is that the majority of people working minimum wage jobs are household income earners, people that are trying to make a living. Living and the and the big two arguments I always hear against raising the minimum wage is X Y and Z profession would then make less than a person making minimum wage. So why should minimum wage workers make more? And the other one I hear all the time that I find laughable is if you raise minimum wage, small businesses are going to fail because they're going to have to pay more to to they're going to have to pay their workers more, which means they're not going to be able to keep afloat. And so I have two responses to that. One, to those of you who have the, you know, it's not fair for somebody that is a school teacher making $33,000 a year to then not make or to make about the same or even less than somebody making $15 an hour. The problem isn't with the job that makes $15 an hour. It's teachers should make more money or EMTs should make more money or whatever it is, should make more money if it's this quote-unquote higher-paying job. No job, in my opinion, should exist for, for a primary income work, uh, income earner that doesn't allow them to live within a reasonable, survivable means. Like, you shouldn't have to live in squalor in a minimum-wage job. The other argument I find patently silly, if you are a small business owner and you have chosen to move forward and you want workers but you can't afford to pay them enough for them to be able to live within a means. Don't own a small business because you're in over your head and you don't have the capital to do it. It's not about the person working for you. It's about the business model you're running and whether or not you should do it in the first place. So I'm all for it. $15 is minimum wage still doesn't match the, the, the cost of living based on inflation that we had. It really should be somewhere in the twenties. So we're still a long way to go, but this would be a good help. And I hope it gets passed. I hope it makes it through. Wow. Uh, 
That's a heavy topic, but here's the here's the thing is I, I tend to agree that, you know, some professions um you know, yeah, should you be making more than somebody making minimum wage? You should. But the fact is if somebody's working in $15 an hour but they're working 60 hours a week because their boss is working them that much, then, you know, as as opposed to you use the example of a school teacher, grossly underpaid. Let, let's be honest. They're they're massively underpaid, but that is a a symptom of the system, you know, where it's like, well, increase. And there's a difference, you know, when you're talking about salaried employees versus hourly employees. Now, the typical hourly employee gets an hourly wage, but you're not going to find a whole lot right. of them getting a benefit package to go along with that. Whereas teachers or right. tenured employees, and I know this because I used to work in the public sector. Yeah, it, it, it is a wage. That's part of it. But they're getting health insurance. They're getting pensions. They're getting 401ks. They're getting deferred comp. They're getting a whole lot of other things that the typical minimum wage employee doesn't get. Now, is that tangible? And can you look at that on a paycheck? And, and no, you can't. And if you're just looking at it in a vacuum, you'll say, well, the guy working at McDonald's 60 hours a week is making more than this high school professor. If you want to slant it a certain way, that's true. But when you take everything, their benefit package, and I know that when I used to work in, in, you know, for local government, they used to say the same thing that, well, your benefit package is this, that, and the other. And that was all great. And that's true. Conversely, one of the reasons I left the public sector is for what you're talking about. They weren't giving raises to people. And even for somebody like me, who's an attorney and been an attorney for over 20 years, they weren't giving out raises. And at some point, even people in my income bracket, you look at saying, well, you're not, you're not keeping up with my cost of living. You know, it, cost of living is not some static principle out there. It's different for everybody. Your cost of living is different than the migrant farm worker working here in Bakersfield as opposed to me. So when you've got a cost of living that's not keeping and, and you're not getting paid commensurate with what that increase is, then this is the problem. So at $15 an hour, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's like, what do you guys want? That's not even keeping up with the rate of inflation. So you got to do something. You know, a stimulus package is great and fine, but what happens after that? And and then these people, you got to have disposable income. You got to spend, you got to consume to get the economy going again. And yeah, stimulus package is fine, but what happens after that? So, um, I mean, it's it's a difficult debate for sure because there's various viewpoints and various ways of looking at it but yeah you've got to you got to start you, you know you you got to look at the engine and the engine is probably these these entry level workers who are really driving the economy a certain way i mean people like me and you we're going to spend you know what we do because you know we've got the money and we're going to you know we're going to do our part but you still need that right. and that furnace going at the bottom level it's like a you know steam engine or steam tank or anything like that as far as the other thing that it's bad for small businesses uh, yeah i think you're right it's like if you can't afford to pay these workers then really what are you doing or why you need to look at your own business model and say do i need these employees what can i do on my own what can where can i make a cut and do more of this on my own dime and and refunnel some of the those profits and or losses to myself rather than Let's expand and bring in a bunch of employees and not be able to pay them because really, what what are you doing? You're not helping your local community out by bringing somebody in for two months and then oh, I got to cut you loose. That sort of right. thing. So I, 
I tend to agree with you that it's like, well, I can see the argument. Sure. There's an argument to be made. I disagree with it just because it's like, well, yeah, you look at your own business model and, and, you know, there are all sorts of, you know, and I, people, you know, you guys know me, I do workers comp, you know, that's what I do. So I see the impact of businesses. I know how expensive premiums are for stuff like that. And, you know, you've got to allocate your payroll properly. You got to figure your labor force properly. There's a lot of things that go into running a business. And if you're worried about, damn, you know, this minimum wage jumped up a dollar, I'm going to be just screwed, then you probably need to relook at your own business plan and your model and say, where am I going wrong? Where's this going off the rails? But you got to protect the workers. I mean, yeah, 15 bucks an hour is not some egregious sum. You know, if they said 50 bucks an hour, okay, then you got a problem. But, you know, at 15, come on, stop, stop complaining so much. Exactly. So there you have it, folks. Dave and I in agreement, no point counterpoint today. And you know what? That's going to do it, man. I think like short and sweet. We got our NHL talk in. We talked a little baseball, gave you a little political chat. Before we go, we are going to play out a a commercial set before we kick you over to Rob. Um, But before I send folks off, Dave, remind everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. And on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Um, Yeah, you can check me out there. I was going to say to send your hate tweets somewhere else, but I'm not going to do that. Oh, look at that. It's very nice of you. Not to you. I was going to send them to Tunney, but never mind. There you go. That's that's fair too. That Packer loving piece of trash. <laughs> anyway, I can't wait to do the Your Packer Suck episode. That'll be a good one too. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Wrestling Realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. Listen to Dave and I every Monday when we're joined by Ray Cash and PC Tunney on Bandwagon Nerds. Of course, you're getting to listen to us here Sundays on the Chair Shot Radio. You can also catch me, and Dave doesn't pimp his other shows. Dave's on like all kinds of stuff. He does appearances on Potter's War. He's done, gosh, name it. Um, what are some of the other ones you've been doing uh, lately? I do DWI. I got the DWI, attitude of aggression is slowly churning obviously. back to life. So, you know. There you go. Yeah, he's got a lot going on, too. Uh, the other thing that I would be remiss if I didn't mention is to check out David and I's movie reviews as we write the nerd review for the chairshot.com this past week. We reviewed Teen Titans Go to the Movies and led to some fun Twitter back and forth over Dave's sense of humor. Uh, so also worth following us every now and again as Dave does. German judge. I'm the German Dave judge. Been, now. You have you've been the East German judge the last couple of weeks. So we'll get, we'll get back on track. I'm sure. So last thing before we kick it over to Rob, uh, I do want to remind you that if you like what we do on the chair shot radio network, if you like what we do at the chairshot.com, to head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and check out and buy a shirt. We've got all kinds of great stuff for you, whether it's a chairshot.com logo, any number of our shows like bandwagon nerds, a winner is you. Um, we have some of our favorite taglines, hashtag, Tag, save tag team wrestling, et cetera, et cetera. You can get them standard style at $19.99 or spend a little bit more first soft style. When we come back, Rob Nett going to probably talk a little wrestling for you, as that seems to be what he's been doing for his chair shot. You've been listening to Chair Shot Radio with Patrick O'Dowd and David Ungar. Until next Sunday, have a pleasant week. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. 
Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hi, welcome everybody to week number three of my foray in the ChairShot Radio. This is Rob Bonnet. Wanna do a little different this week. Uh, not gonna do any rundowns of what happened on any of the TV shows or anything. Instead, I have my chair shot teammate here, Mr. Ray Cash. He will be on. And we're gonna talk about some couple of guys who've been in the wrestling news recently. One's Ricochet, the other's Jay White. So we're gonna have a nice little conversation about both of them. And oh, before I go any further, I need to ask you guys to please check out the Chair Shot page on Pro Wrestling Tees. We have lots of really cool wrestling t-shirts there. You know, Baron Corbin sucks, Save Tag Team Wrestling, Jesus Did the Job, and many more. So please, when you get a chance, go check that out at Pro Wrestling Tees. And well, for this week, I will, the one thing I will get to is... Well, the, the undisputed champion for this week, if there is one, <laughs> would be COVID. Because when uh, Drew McIntyre tested positive and he is home quarantining, we're hoping that we, everyone's hoping he'll be back for Royal Rumble. And the other one was we found out that Mr. Chris Jericho tested positive for, positive for it back in September. <coughs> Which is not coincidentally after he was doing all those super spreader concerts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the COVID is not over and it's not over in the wrestling business, which makes it all the more infuriating when you see people at these restaurant parties and big groups. And, you know, you know, you're supposed to be on, you know, not supposed to be doing that because they need you for TV and you can't be coming to the arena, you know, contagious, spreading it around and all that. So it's just not a good look. And what I'm referring to is there were some folks from NXT who were photographed at a restaurant together having like a surprise party. And it's just like, oh, come on now, people. Come on. You know, poor Bronson Reed, right? Because yeah, almost every week he's you're kind of subtweeting about people being selfish and reckless. And we all know what he's talking about. So, you know, Vince, 
Bronson's a big boy. He's also a very responsible big boy. Rescue Bronson Reed. Bring him up to Raw. Get him out of there. All right, because they're, they're driving him crazy down there. But anyhow, all right, not going to take too, any more time here. We're not going to waste any more time. We're going to get right to it after the break. Be me and Ray Cash talking some pro wrestling for you. So we will be right back. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, welcome back, everybody. And as promised, I have my chair shot compatriot, Mr. Ray Cash, on here. We're going to talk about, I mentioned Jay White. We're also going to get in a few minutes on Ricochet because his name popped up on the Internet. So, Ray, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm living the dream and trying not to live the nightmare. I hear you, man. I hear you. So we have a couple of names. You know, one guy who used to be in New Japan and one guy who's still there and might be leaving. First up is Ricochet. So as uh, for the last few months anyway, his name has popped up on Twitter as you know possibly leaving WWE. Of course that wasn't with any evidence. And that caused a bunch of people to be like, Yeah, he needs to go, he needs to leave, they're burying him and all that kind of stuff. But now we find out that that ain't true. <laughs> <laughs> so first up, do you do you think he was being buried like all these people were saying? No. The only way you're buried is if you're not used. The two only two people I can think of in recent memory that were buried were Neville and Luke Harper. Pac, sorry, and Luke Harper or Brody, because they literally refused to use them. You you cannot be buried buried on if you are being used. You're making money. And you're garnering interest. So, no, I don't believe in that nonsense. Your boy Ricochet was on... Your boy Ricochet's been on TV for the better part of a year. Fighting factions. And doing well. So, like, every match he has with with, with, uh, with um, Retribution, he's winning the match until somebody cheats. Every match he had with the Hurt Business, he's winning the match until somebody cheats. So, like, no, that's not a burial of anything that shows that even as small as you are, if you had some help, you'd be a beast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only match where he really got squashed was Warren Brock. And I would have liked for him to get some more offense in there, but, I mean, the result was going to be the same regardless. Right, and let's keep, let's keep it a buck. Be, let's be real. He, he definitely should have got something. He got his heat back in the Rumble, but he definitely got something. But Samoa Joe got beat in eight minutes. Braun Strowman got beat in 10 minutes. Kofi Kingston got beat in 18 seconds. So it's like Ricochet is not the only – if Ricochet was the only person, i get blowing it up. Brock has beaten and squashed everybody. Yeah, because, I mean, even like Finn Balor didn't get 10 minutes with him. And and you know what? And the funny thing is, you would say probably over the past few years, his best matches have been match with Finn, match with AJ, and match with Brian. And none of them went none of them went to fifteen. And all three of those matches are structured exactly the same. He beats the hell out of them for seven. They make a comeback, and then Brock shuts that shit down. F five, let's go. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's it's a good format. It's a good structure. It works. I mean, it does work. I, 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 I would like some variety, but I mean, well, yeah. it, it does its job. I, I, I understand 
I understand feeling stale about Brock. And I, I think, I know we've gone on a tangent. We always do. I think the, the reason why people get so annoyed with Brock in that format is that we know he can do so much more. Well, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then uh, there are definitely some times also, like when he's in there with Braun, like we, everybody knows he don't like Braun. He don't want to get Braun, no. <laughs> you right about that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost comical, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, man. He, he, something about that dude don't vibe with him, bro. And they, you would think they'd be best friends. They're both the same person. Yeah, I think, well, I think it's just that, I mean, Braun got a little loose with it those couple times. And Brock ain't here for that. Yeah, you're right. Brock did to get home to his family and go back for him. Yeah. But, um, all right, so we're Ricochet. So, you know, of course, the thing that people always say when they want somebody to leave WWE is they should go to AEW. Uh, sure. And sure. the thing about that is I would ask, all right, since you watch Dynamite regularly, I, if he were to go there, if he were to go there right now, yeah. where would he, where would they put him? Same place Miro is. Maybe he'd be on the show every night. So, okay. Let me let me flip it for you guys at home. First and foremost, Dynamite every week is usually a really good show. There's a, there's a lot of things that bother me personally, but if I take away my personal bias, matches are good, storylines are pretty good. It's a good show. Problem is, they got the same amount of people that WWE has signed damn near on the main roster. Take away NXT and all those other places. Just run SmackDown. They have the equivalency of the same amount of people signed or being used as WWE has for their main rosters, and they got two hours. That's the problem. So nobody ever gets no work. That's why Dark has 15 matches every week. So if Ricochet goes, and I'm, I'm, I am matching Ricochet to the people he wrestles like. It's important. Ricochet goes to, to AEW. How has Ray Phoenix been used all year? Not, not much. not much. He's had he's had great moments, but I mean he's not used consistently. How has um, Penta, Pentagon, Penta Ohm, Penta Dark, Penta Dead, Penta Abeto? <laughs> he ain't used often. The hybrid two literally talked about how they're never used often. Pac has an excuse: pandemic. Even before the pandemic. Was he used often? More than the other guys, but not all the time. Darby Allen, don't wrestle every week, do we? Joey Janela, don't see him every week, do you? So I think it's cool. Sammy Guevara, you see him every week, yes. In a circle, because of Jericho. How often do you see him wrestle? So if the point is for him to go over there so he'll be used better, there is no proof he will be. It's none. Right, and then because um, that's always what like when I, when I when you ask people, okay, well, what should they do with him? And the answer is always, we'll just we'll just let him wrestle, just let him put him out there every week, and let him you know go ten to fifteen minutes and have you know banger matches every week. But Rob, and like, okay, well, they, yeah, I'm sorry, but Rob, the reason why I respect Ricochet coming to WWE so much is just one reason, and same you can say the same thing for Finn Balor. 
Ricochet did that for 18 years or however long it was in the Indies. He just wrestled, right? He went to he wrestled in New Japan all those years. Just wrestled. He wrestled all over the Indies all those years. Just wrestled. Dragon Gate. Just wrestled. PWG. Just wrestled. All these companies he's done done over the years. Just wrestled. He, the closest thing he ever had to a semblance of stories was Lucha Underground. But by and large, he just wrestled because Conan talked for him. Chris Pumper didn't talk. The reason he signed with WWE, besides the money and because that's the destination, right? It's because he openly said, I have focused on wrestling so much. I want to great create my character. I want to be remembered for something other than a wrestling move. That was the point. Now, they botched his call-up. Completely agree on that one. Because they called him up out of nowhere randomly. And when I say botched, I mean, he, he's been used consistently. I don't mean that. I don't mean they treated him like EC3. I mean... They didn't have a plan for his call up, and they just made it up on the fly. Because so I think he could have done well for a little bit longer on the on the NXT. Nonetheless, the whole point of him coming to WWE was so he could do the things that he has worked on: promos, character work, becoming um, a fully fledged character, other than just I'm the guy that comes and wrestles. And if you've looked. What have they allowed him to do over these past two storylines? The storyline with the Hurt Business, the storyline with Retribution. What's the one thing he's been able to do? Talk. And he's gone from us laughing at him. Hold on, playboy. Hold on, playboy. To actually having good promos. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Because uh, the last when he was on Raw Talk a couple of weeks ago, I mean, that was as good as anything you'll ever hear. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that or not. I but, did, uh, yes. He was fantastic. Yeah. And so, you know, he so he's probably, look, he's probably never going to be somebody who, you know, stands in the middle of the ring and holds the mic and does a kind of monologue for 10 minutes, whatever. He's not going to be that guy ever. But he has definitely gotten better at talking and overall so that he can talk in certain settings. He can, he can further a storyline with his voice now and not just in ring. I think. Yeah, I think, you know, I think he's made a lot of progress with that. Now, and uh, you know, I always tell people, like, well, look back at, because like, I've heard people say, well, he should just go back to New Japan. And, like, okay, well, he was in New Japan, he wrestled in the Super Juniors, and he was one-third of the six-man tag team champions. That was it. And, and the problem with New Japan, I think he'd be fantastic in New Japan. He was fantastic in New Japan, but the issue is that New Japan is very stringent about their divisions. So, unless you want him to go back and be a junior, and nothing wrong, because the juniors in New Japan are fantastic. Hiromu Takahashi is one of the best wrestlers in the world. So I'm not saying it's not going to be great wrestling, but there's not he's, there's not going to be any storytelling linearly, linearly, I think I'm saying that word right, like it is in, in, in the Western world. And Y'all really want him to thrive, then you want him to fight Okada. You want him to fight Naito. You want him to fight Abushi. He can't do that if he's stuck in the juniors. Why do you think Kushida came to America? Yeah, I mean, well, exactly. I mean, we, and that story's been told that they wouldn't let him, you know, they wouldn't let him work heavyweights. He came to NXT and they, he got to work Walter. <laughs> like his, like his, what, third match? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it makes a difference. So, look, I mean, 
I think, look, we would all like to see Ricochet maybe ascend to a higher level. Sure, but realistically speaking, you know, going over to AEW is not going to do that. Because why would you why would you book him over Cody or Moxley or Kenny or any of those guys? Why would you book him over? Anything? Well, they're not, they're not, he's not going to get booked over the EVPs, and he's not going to get booked over the draws. And when I say the draws, I mean Jericho and Moxley. So you can put him underneath all of that number one. Number two, yeah. I think we're burying the lead. I think the most important part of this conversation we're not talking So, look, I mean, I think, look, we would all like to see Ricochet maybe ascend to a higher level. Sure. But realistically speaking, you know, going over to AEW is not going to do that. Because why would you... Why would you book him over Cody or Moxley or Kenny or any of those guys? Why would you book him over? Anything? Well, they're not, they're not, he's not going to get booked over the EVPs, and he's not going to get booked over the draws. And when I say the draws, I mean Jericho and Moxley. So you can put him underneath all of that, number one. Number two, yeah. I think we're burying the lead. I think the most important part of this conversation we're not talking about. And what I mean is the difference in what wrestling fans want. And we know wrestling fans never want the same thing all the time. They don't know what they want half the time. But by and large, more of these newer and these more diehard IWC people want in-ring ability and in-ring stuff more than they want character stuff. So their thought process is, that's one part of it. Their thought process is, well, he's not having good matches. So the F what? Number two, and we can talk about that more. Number two, this is the biggest issue, Rob, and you've been watching this way longer than I have. The biggest issue is so many of these smarks are really marks. And what I mean by that is they get mad. They think you're being buried or not being used well if you're losing. Yes. And that's literally what a mark would think. Oh, well, you lost, so you must not be good. No, if we really know the business like we think we know behind the scenes, if he's being used every week, and if he's being competitive in these matches, he ain't no mark. I mean, he, ain't, he he's great. He he's he's being used well. I mean, Drew Gulak makes makes a great living, and he he never wins a match. You tell me Drew Gulak ain't good. You tell me Drew Gulak is being underutilized. Well, some people will say, yeah, I mean, but, you know, I, 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 I understand. And I think everybody can be utilized better. But the argument is this. You lay out. He's on Monday Night Raw. We can't put him nowhere else. This is, let's just deal with that. On Monday Night Raw, lay out all the professional wrestlers, the men, the women, the tag teams. Who are you putting Drew Gulak over? I don't mean in terms of beating. I mean, if you lay all the wrestlers out. And you go from story to story or from matchup to matchup. Who are you bringing Drew Gulak ahead of? Nobody. And, I'm, and, and there's no this to Drew Gulak. I think Drew Gulak could be maybe not world champion material, but he'd be a fantastic IC title champion. He's a great wrestler. I, his match against Daniel Bryan at Elimination Chamber was one of the matches of the year. Fantastic. Yeah. But you have to look at the reality of the situation. You can't just say what I want got to happen. So Drew Gulak, you're not going to put Drew Gulak over 
Drew McIntyre. You're not going to put him over Keith Lee, over Sheamus, over Randy Orton, over The Fiend, over um, who's the Lashley or any other her business, over Wizard Kofi. Like, there's so many levels and people. AJ yeah. Styles, it's just not going to happen. And that's not Drew Gulak's fault. When you have a talented roster, that's okay, flip it on AEW. Why isn't why why are the Lucha Brothers being used more often? Oh well, you gotta you gotta book the Bucks and you gotta book FTR and you gotta book Proud and Powerful and you gotta book uh, the the best friends and you gotta book. It's the same thought process, but over in AEW because we quote unquote trust them. Oh well, give them time. But in WWE, he's being used every week. Though where he's being buried, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. So now let's that brings us to uh, a guy who may or may not be coming to WWE. He's coming, bro. He's coming. (laughs) Jay White, Switchblade. All right. So that whole thing that him saying he's done, I haven't really watched any of those clips. Okay. Does it does it seem like it's a work to you, or does it seem like it's he's really saying goodbye? It seems like it's both. It seems like it's a work shoot. So the cool thing about New Japan, probably my favorite part about New Japan, besides the wrestling, is that after every match, they have press conferences. And if you got to remember, in, New, in, in Japan in general, New Japan is treated like a sport. They cover it in the newspaper like a sport. So those press conferences are often used to build stories, but they also are reported on. You know, we just saw James Harden talk up, say, uh, "I can't win anymore," and then he got traded the next day. Well, debut. Well, they they cover New Japan press conferences like it's basketball. That's one thing to note. Second thing to note is um, so much about that promo had nothing to do with building any more stories. He talked about it's nine minutes, and he. He walks in and he's exhausted. He said, this is the closest I've ever felt to uh, the closest I think you could ever feel to death. Like, that's how beat up he was. Um, and he talked about how uh, he even hit a baby face spot. He was like, I don't wrestle for your entertainment, but by wrestling, it brings you entertainment. So by proxy, I'm wrestling for your entertainment. Um, then he talks about how much. He's worked and he's sacrificed. That's where you see that uh, gift, that sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. How much he's sacrificed to be in New Japan um, in the middle of a pandemic. He's sacrificing and he gets he gets nothing. He gets he gets treated with disrespect all the time. And that's where that's why he says, you know what? Well, my contract's coming up. And and he even says this isn't Jay talking. This is Jamie. His real name is Jamie White. Um, and he says that, you know, I'm, I'm done. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to be disrespected and, and not treated the way I, I deserve to be treated, if, uh, you know, these things keep happening to me, this is supposed to be my night. If these things keep happening to me, then, uh, something has to change. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go away. So it was, it was, it's not, it was a shoot. But worked well enough to where if he if he decides to stay, you can add that into the stories because the next night he even said, uh, "If y'all care, if y'all really care about me, I know we have New Year's Dash tomorrow. 
I'm contractually obligated to show up. So if you ask me to wrestle, I will do it. But if you cared about me, you wouldn't make me because I'm almost dead right now. And they made his ass wrestle. That's why he got beat clean in the middle of the ring off of a, off of a brain buster by Ishii. Okay, that's 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 a uh, you're leaving the territory kind of loss. <laughs> yeah, and and one more thing, and I, I'm I'm sorry I keep dominating the conversation. One more thing, no, 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 no. historically, New Japan contracts end after the Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom cycle, which is why through so many years you've seen people leave out the Wrestle Kingdom. Kenny lost, left Kenny and the Bucks left out the Wrestle Kingdom. AJ and Gallows and Anderson left out the Wrestle Kingdom, and that's and that's why New Year's Dash is such a big show because. New storylines are coming, and you never know who's gonna get, who's gonna wrestle that farewell show. Shinsuke, you know, Shinsuke, I think stayed for like one more series of shows because they did a farewell tour for him. But other than that, normally you're gone right in the beginning of January. Okay, so now that brings us to his future career prospects. So. Word got out that you know the WWE is interested in him, which is not surprising because you know look, Hunter tries to sign everybody. <laughs> if you if you free and you and you know you don't have and you don't have like a criminal record <laughs> and you got some and some type of, and you got some type of name value out there or whatever, Hunter tries to bring you in. I ain't mad at that, bro. I mean, I'm, no, no, not at all, no, because. I mean, you cast as wide a net as possible. Look, you, because people, I mean, people think that you can just create big stars, you know, out of thin air, or that, you know, and that, that's one of the things also that the IWC is just dead wrong about this idea that if you just booked this person the right way, they would be a big superstar. And in reality, I mean, your booking plays a role in it, but they got to have a whole lot of that within them from day one. Yeah, and that's we could that's the next time we talk, that's something I think we should delve into deeper because the whole Rubber Rain saga tells us that that's a lie. So yes, that we can absolutely talk. That's another thing we can talk yes, about all day. So, yeah. So next day, that's that's for next time. But all right, so with, with Jay, there's some people who, you know, the IWC does not want him to go there because they're afraid that he'll get ruined and all that kind of stuff. And as for me, well, I, don't, I guarantee you, if he goes there within six months, we're going to be hearing that from people because he's not going to beat Drew McIntyre for the world championship in six months if he goes there. Sure. And he's also not going to have a 48 minute main event title match. So, yeah. Yeah. So then, all right, if you were him, all right, let's. I don't know if he ever, if he always wanted to go there or not, but just say you're just weighing all your options. If you were him, where would you go? WWE. Not even a question. Okay. And that's not, that's not from a bias standpoint, because I can explain that. Three quick, three very easy reasons. Number one, nobody will pay me more. Simple as that. Number two, I can always go back to Japan and be a superstar. Anytime. And number three, and this is this is the one that isn't fair to Japan, but Jay White, he's a New, he's a New Zealander, but he's 
he's a he's essentially a Westerner, right? So okay. I'm I'm sure that there are certain creature comforts that are, will be afforded to him in America that aren't in Japan. It's just okay. a completely different style of living that he hasn't had the luxury to do in the, over the past six years. Plus, I believe he lives in America when he's not in Japan anymore. Okay. So now, all right, so now uh, for the next thing, because this is where we're, I guess, where me and you have kind of disagreed as far as placement. Yeah. Because I, I, I've always, just because from where I'm sitting, it, to me, I don't think he has that much recognition amongst, like, the people who just watch, watch Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. and who don't, who aren't on the internet and aren't doing all of that. I, I don't think that... Well, New Japan doesn't really have that much reach, and because their kind of popularity is overstated on Twitter, it's at least in the you know their American popularity. I agree. So I mean, there you know there's a there's a group of people who love it to death, and they subscribe to New Japan World, and they watch everything, and they and they talk about it a lot on Twitter. And then there's everybody else, and it's just it's again it seems like their popularity is kind of overstated on Twitter. So it's just for me, from where I'm sitting, I'm just looking at it like, okay, well, you know, 90% of the people watching don't know who to do this. So if you want to bring them out there too soon on Raw or SmackDown, that could be a problem. I feel where you're coming from, and I agree with your initial assessment. Um, I, and that was never, the, the, the I think, the disagreement. That was never our disagreement. I completely agree that the majority of people won't know who he is. My disagreement with you was, why should that matter? And I'll let you set the scene. But you're completely right. I, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, I guess, and this is where my kind of, I'm not as fully versed in him as a character and all of that because once New once Access TV fan off of there, I haven't really seen it since. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So I guess for me, the only real experience I have with him as a character is what I saw before that. And so looking at that, you know, that says NXT to me. Well, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. For me, you know, that's the way it looked to me. So. As somebody who has kept up with it and has watched them since, all right, tell everybody how or why you think he'd be able to adapt quickly. Okay. To okay, um, and I want to acknowledge that, with the exception of massively known, decades-long known wrestlers, uh, I can understand. And WWE is so far and above everybody else in terms of not quality, I think quality, but in terms of everything else, in terms of market share, in terms of money, in terms of number of brands. So, yes, NXT, Raw SmackDown are above everything else. And NXT is equal to all the other companies, to AEW, to New Japan, uh, Ring of Honor, Impact, and I'm going to respect them on the same level, but you get my point. So it makes sense that everybody comes would probably go to NXT. So I'm with you on that. 
However, the reason I think he's different is for a few reasons. Number one, the entire point of NXT, the reason Triple H even started NXT and got the green light to do that is to find new stars. We, we complained for years and years that all the old guys are still here, ain't no new people. Well, you know what? You're right. Let's build a, a program to create these new people. And out of that came Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley, Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family, Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, Bailey. So many people like this, right? AJ, when well, I just stopped, but uh, um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura. And yes, a lot of these people were wrestlers before, but you have people who weren't, like Braun Strowman, right? So that's the whole point of the process. Now, if that's your goal, if your goal is to create stars, your goal is to create what Jay White is already. Nothing NXT, the best person NXT can create from scratch will never be Jay White. So that's number one. Number two, in terms of his character, Jay White is six foot one, about 220, give or take, shredded. I mean, you look at Finn Balor and think he's shredded. Jay White just is shredded. He's an attractive looking dude, has a really devilish look now with the beard, um, and is a fantastic promo. Has a masterful grasp on character work. And what I mean by that is, if you know anything about the Japanese fan base, they don't make noise. They make noise, but what I mean is they don't boo traditionally because they respect all of the people in the ring. That's why most of the matches are quiet, and when you have a nice sequence, they clap. Even some of the most dashingly people, they won't boo because they respect the process. They hate Jay White. They hate Jay White. Not in terms of we hate who he is. Uh, they didn't like Cody. I mean, like, they hate the character and they boo the character. They get angry at the character. That doesn't happen in Japan. If he can do that for a Japanese audience, what do you think he can do with an American audience? He's a fantastic wrestler. He's always been a great wrestler. Um, and he's really refined himself as he's gotten older and kind of learned the nuances. So I think in terms of checking the, the boxes of can he do it? Already there. Your only issue is will people know him? And my response to that is I think NXT, the NXT years of WWE have jaded us because now we are under the impression that everybody got to be known to make a debut in the main on the main roster. That didn't always used to be the case. For, for the longest, when a new person was coming, you had no idea who that person was. You had to go Google them. Or before Google, you had to wait and see the vignettes. Remember those days? So so I, I, I understand in a perfect world, yeah, everybody would be known. AJ was a perfect storm of he, he wrestled in America long enough for people to know him. He debuted in Orlando, which was where he wrestled for 10, 12 years with, with TNA. Um, you know, so like I, he was the perfect storm to debut this year. There's no fans at the Royal Rumble Live. They have the Thunderdome, which means that they pump in whatever 
amount of noise they want to pump in. So if they want you to be cheered, you're going to be cheered. They want you to be booed, you're going to be booed. They, they pump all that crowd noise in to make it the atmosphere feel normally. And we are in a pandemic, so everybody understands things ain't going to happen the way they normally happen. Everybody isn't always wrestling. Some people are sick. Some people are at home. Things are different now. They're taking more chances. You know? So I think it's the perfect storm of time to debut a new guy who looks the part, who talks the part, who wrestles the part. All he has to do is get the opportunity to show you he is the part. Okay. So I now to tell him, look, I to some of this I'm gonna have to take your word for it, just because like I said, I haven't I haven't seen him really in like a year. That's fair. Now if you were going to, so if you want to debut on a main roster, who would you want to put him with to start? Like for WrestleMania or before WrestleMania? Um, all right, let's say he does debut at the Rumble, or or okay, or, or the night after even. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, and let's say you need you need an introductory feud where maybe it ends at WrestleMania and he wins the match. Okay, um, perfect. So. Somebody brought up the idea of, and I, 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 I'd rather put him in raw, but I'm just going to throw this out there just for the purpose of, of to answer this question, right? I think he should go on raw because I'd like to see him versus Drew. Uh, and I don't know if that's what you do at WrestleMania because I think Drew and Sheamus can be a fun story told and a fun match. But nonetheless, I would like to see him and him and Drew. I think would be. The, the perfect after WrestleMania feud, kind of like AJ and Roman was after 32. Um, but uh, imagine if Jay debuts, Jay has a great showing in the in the Rumble, eliminates seven eight people, and the final four is say him, E, uh, Sheamus, and Daniel Bryan. The final two are Jay White and Daniel Bryan, and, da- and Daniel Bryan eliminates Jay White. Imagine how much heat he would get if Daniel Bryan celebrating and Jay White comes in the ring after he celebrates and destroys him, and uh, and cuts a promo on why he's there, and and how much Daniel Bryan isn't who Jay White is, whatever. And then you got Bryan and Jay going up to elimination chamber before Bryan goes to. His, excuse me. <clears throat> I'm sorry, excuse me. His match with Roman, and then say you put Jay with Big E, or you put Jay with who's another top star in SmackDown. That's why I didn't want him to go SmackDown, or I'm to go to Raw because I think there's more opportunities for him on Raw. Yeah. But something like that, I think, would be a cool, a cool little way for him to kind of debut and show he's different, you know? When you and when you when you think you different people, you gotta let them do different things. For example, when Bray Wyatt debuted, nobody did the stuff Bray Wyatt did. Nobody Bray Wyatt literally stopped stopped the Royal Rumble to cut promos. He stopped the Royal Rumble to cut promos. And 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 to be fair, Straight Edge Society CM Punk did the same thing. When you have different people, you have to allow them to do different things. And there is I mean Jay White, Roman Reigns is the best wrestler in the world right now, best heel in the world. But Jay White is the is the 
best, despicable, smarmy heel in the business. And he is not the Ric Flair heel that will run. He's not chicken shit. He'll stand. He'll stand and fight. So I, I think that's a that's a different character than we see more than often. Because most of the the despicable heels normally retreat. Jay's never been that kind of guy. So I mean, that's just one idea. Uh, you give me time, I'll book. I can get you a book and something. Give me a day, and I'll give you a full booking from the Rumble to Mania. Okay. And uh, so last, last, what would you say his if everything breaks right for him? Mm-hmm. What would you say his ceiling is? I'd say his ceiling is is, is AJ Styles, a multiple time WWE champion who hovers around the upper. Uh, upper mid card to main event. I even think if they allow him, Jay Jay White could probably go further than AJ Styles did because in Vince's mind, in Vince's mind, AJ Styles was already made. He was he was made by somebody else. In Vince's mind, Vince could convince himself that he made Jay White. Jay White's twenty eight. He's only wrestled in one place. The one place he wrestled wasn't really seen by most of the world. So technically, he could feel like, oh, well, for, for example, in Vince's mind, Vince made Ambrose and Rollins. Yes. Now, we know that's not the case. But in Vince's mind, within the wrestling, aware of any substance, not for any amount of time or for any amount of people. So in Vince's mind, Seth Rollins is a WWE creation. So Seth Rollins was a former Ring of Honor champion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, but in his mind, well, no, he's you know he's one of our guys. I can see Vince. Fit. So, in fact, I changed my statement. I can see Jay White being Seth Rollins. Okay, and it's funny because the resemblance is, is is right there. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's the same. They're almost the same guy in so many different ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to me, look, I'm I'm intrigued and. I mean, my, my take is always that they should go wherever they want to go. And if, you, if you're really a fan of that person, then you should support them wherever they go. Yes. And yes. for me, priority number one is get paid. If, you know, if you get paid, if AEW can pay you what you want then, and you want to go there, that's fine. If you want, you know, if, if only WWE can pay you what you want, then you should take the money because, you know, they don't have that long to do this. Like they don't get, you know, they don't work till they're 65. Right? I mean, they don't have no pension. They don't have no pension plan. So uh, look, I'm, to me, you, you cash out and he's young enough where if the, if the thing, if it totally crashes and burns, like you said, he can go back to Japan. I mean, he's not he's not dead in the water if things just crash and burn. He's not gonna be out here like like EC three, he's not gonna be out here just, you know, trying to get on this show and that show and all that, you know. Yeah, and 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 to, to that credit, as well as EC three did in Impact, the only place he's ever done well is Impact. Jay White has been one of the top guys when he was an excursion. He was he was treated well in referee. He was treated well the Ring of Honor, and he ran New Japan. So like, I think he's higher on the total 
than EC3 ever was. Okay. All right, so well, we'll 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 see in a few weeks what's going to happen there. Whether he's going to stay, go, and it's going to be interesting just to see see how it all plays out. Ray, thank you again, brother. It's always a pleasure to rap with you, man. So, yes, sir. Uh, just let them know where where, where you gonna be over the next week. Um. Uh. So yeah. Uh. You know, your boy, along with the uh, the big fish, uh, Matt, we host uh, Cheer Shot Radio on Thursdays, Head Trauma Thursdays. So check us out on that. You can always look out for Outsiders Edge every week. Um. Look out for that. Um. Bandwagon Nerds, the uh, the entertainment show. Check out for that. That's on. That comes out on Mondays. And uh, yeah, we gotta get the three man weave going back because you know uh, a lot of stuff happening in base, in, uh, in sports right now. Let's go Ravens. Uh, yeah, but follow your boy at uh, J White NZ. All right. So uh, once again, everybody, that's Ray Cash, and uh, thank you guys again for listening to us. And as always, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Talk to y'all next week. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.